How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. I'm going to say it because it was uh, Pretty Daddy's birthday yesterday. Happy Hump Day! Happy Hump Day to you where you are. We'll get to Pretty Daddy later in the show. We're going to go back in time to one of his finer moments. Rom-com Tom returns. Whenever I'm in New York, I'm on the train a lot, and I see these guys in suits with the tie and the button that is required to choke off your neck, right? And I think these poor SOBs. But today, it's Tommy wearing a suit. I don't know what's going on. Mr. Fancy Pants. We'll get into his style change later in the show and a bunch of other stuff. Father will be here by herself. You know, you know the, the drill. MLB playoffs, but I want to get into two failures, two NFL embarrassments who don't have the cover they used to. I'm talking about Sean Payton and Bill Belichick. What's the expression of basketball? Bull don't lie. Well, sometimes it does in the NFL when you've got an all-time great quarterback. And we've seen this play out before. We've seen guys either with one of the five to ten best quarterbacks in the history of the sport or who just get a ring, and those things often correlate, who get celebrated and lauded and multiple jobs, and it turns out they're just a guy. Sometimes they border on actual bumdom. Sometimes it turns out that if I coach Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees, I would be mistaken for some kind of football genius. I was going to use Pretty Daddy as that example, but he's the genius in everything he does because it's his birthday week. And that's what we're seeing with Bill Belichick and Sean Payton. Now, I didn't see Bill Belichick coming. I didn't see the rank mediocrity that is Bill Belichick's, not just coaching ability, but stewardship of that organization. Tom Brady and all the rings and all the glory that it brought to the Patriots and Belichick also handed the hoodie the power to make every decision football-wise within that organization, including, ironically, the ability to get rid of Tom Brady way too soon and bring about his, Bill Belichick's, humiliation, embarrassment. What's the expression? It took a few years, but Bill Belichick's told on himself. And Sean Payton maybe not quite as surprising, at least not for this show, because we did speculate here, was it, what, 2021 going in the Wayback Machine, that there was a high likelihood that Sean Payton's so-called excellence, so-called genius, and he was called a genius, was actually a product of, I think, one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the history of the game by historical standards. In Drew Brees, who broke or flirted with every record before some of them were beaten by, by Tom Brady. Drew Brees was an absolute machine, and the proof is in 
each of the organizations run by each of these supposed geniuses, Sean Payton and Bill Belichick. Now, look, is it true the game can pass you by? Yes, it is. Yes. Sport moves at warp speed. And when people, Pat Riley talked about this, disease of more, get comfortable and complacent, they lose their edge. So there's probably a combo of factors here. But the notion these guys were some kind of NFL savants who saw the game in a different way, who were playing four-dimensional chess when every other NFL coach was playing checkers is just garbage. And you can see it in the record. I mean, you look at this Denver Broncos team this year, who are 1-3, in and that one win is against a hapless Bears team that should have won that football game. So I know it counts as 1-3 in the standings, but it really should be .25 on the win column, 3.75 losses on the loss column. And on top of it, Sean Payton just keeps putting his foot in his mouth. One of the, one of the signs that you don't know what you're doing, that you're over your head, that you kind of grasp it, is that sad, pathetic, thirsty, grasping arrogance. It's different than a kind of swagger and belief. They sound the same. Aaron Rodgers has the unlikable arrogance that is still a reflection of his greatness. They look the same, but you can you can you can tell sort of the tone of desperation. We got Sean Payton telling our buddy Jared Bell at USA Today in the offseason. Remember this? Nathaniel Hackett was a bum. That's my term. He didn't use bum. I like the term bum. Was an embarrassment. Was a humiliation. Hackett, Denver Broncos head coach, last year. By the way, had one more games at this point than the Broncos have won so far this year. And that's even given them a full win for that Bears victory. Hackett, now the offensive coordinator of the Jets. And it's hard to make an assessment on Nathaniel Hackett at all because there's no Aaron Rodgers. Though Zach Wilson did have a reasonable game over the weekend. And what did Sean Payton do? He just took shots. Because he thinks his you-know-what doesn't smell. I know a lot of people, a lot of people where I live, wasn't true where I come from. Not, not where I'm, I'm from Iowa, went to school in Missouri. wasn't true. I'm sure it was there. I just I didn't experience it. I know a lot of people who were born, forget third base, who were born basically halfway past third, trotting into home plate with their parents holding back the other players and think they hit a home run. The equivalent of that in the National Football League might be a guy that hits a single. you got to get yourself to that job. And then finds Drew Brees and thinks that he's the reason that he crosses the rest of those bases. And the arrogance continued this week. I'm going to play this clip. I know it's not going to sound as incendiary as it's intended, but just remember, I want to give you the context. The king context is like, like pretty daddy would, Tom DeCelestino. Denver has just won its first game of the year. They had been up to a point humiliated throughout that game. They came back and won, but humiliated by an even worse and more unstable organization. Sean Payton has just, and I'm putting this in air quotes with a lot of sarcasm, out-coached a guy whose name is and should be Matt Eberlus. The guy's name is Luz. It's Eberlus. We've renamed him. Justin Fields, who is in a situation where he is absolutely being set up to fail, doesn't have his top receiver because he's some kind of malcontent who's somewhere else. Not that he's Jerry Rice, but still, Claypool, Chase Claypool, not being there's a problem. Has an offensive coordinator and a coaching staff that is maybe the best we've ever seen doing 1969 football. Like, what a way to go back in time, Michael J. Fox. I mean, Justin Fields, that Justin Fields, still had a pretty good game. And at the end, brutal turnover, doesn't play particularly well. And Sean Payton comes out, and there's a way to do this without basically saying their quarterback sucks, and I figured it out. Listen with that context. You just won your first game against an equally bad team, and this is how Sean Payton shows 
the graciousness of a guy who knows he's a fraud and he's been exposed. It's a tough quarterback to contain. We wanted to make sure we were cage rushing him and that he had to beat us in the pocket and not out of the pocket. And we felt like if we could keep him there, then, you know, we'd get our chance at an opportunity. And, and certainly that's what happened, you know, in the last play where Kareem intercepted it. You know, we had him right kind of where we wanted him in the pocket. I'm going to say these guys are frauds. They're frauds. Sean Payton, not a surprise. Not a surprise. Bill Belichick didn't see it coming. I thought he was the greatest coach in the history of the game. And that is the way in which quarterbacks of a certain level, and in other sports, most of the NBA, this certainly applies, where you have a guy that can change the game, who's so transcendently great and the most important part of whatever sport you're competing in, happens in soccer too, doesn't apply in baseball, makes the people in charge look like geniuses. Michael Jordan made Jerry Krause, the GM, look like an absolute genius. And I'm going to give you some names here of guys. Some of them are very likable. Some of them are good coaches. But these are dudes who were lauded as geniuses, like Sean Payton, for getting one. For getting one. And Bill Belichick obviously got a bunch. Mike McCarthy. Now, we have gone in on Mike McCarthy a lot. He was a product of Aaron Rodgers. John Gruden. Man, this is like pat myself on the back Wednesday, which isn't cool because it's, it's pretty daddy's birthday week. It's supposed to be hump day. But I told you when we did this show at night, I told you the moment the news broke years ago that Gruden wasn't going to succeed. Now, that was more flash in the pan. It all came together. Game passed him by. It wasn't an all-time great QB. But still, the, the glow of one Super Bowl made Gruden a whole bunch of money until some emails got him fired. Bruce Arians, and you can disagree on how good of a coach Bruce Arians is, but obviously Brady didn't think he was good enough that Bruce Arians decided, air quotes, to step aside after winning the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. Gary Kubiak, look, seems like a super nice guy. No one is confusing him for the next Mensa candidate, which is fine, me either. Brian Billick, who I used to have on the radio show. Look, I know I know everybody loves Tony Dungy. Beloved Tony Dungy. What do Tony Dungy and Gary Kubiak have in common? They have Peyton Manning in common. That's what they have in common. I mean, I think Mike Shanahan fits this. It might be more of a, you can make an argument the game passed him by, but I'm telling you, friends of mine, colleagues who played for Shanahan back in the day, say, no, that was about John Elway. Barry Switzer's an obvious one, one with, with, Jimmy's, with Jimmy's guys. Bill Belichick and Sean Payton have told on themselves. Bill Belichick didn't have an offensive coordinator last year. The Pats' three-plus seasons without Tom Brady, and I'll include their, their postseason, are a sub-500 team. And Belichick's not a bum. He's not a... F- I mean, I think he's a fraud by the standards we set. I don't think he's Sean Payton, who's helping to run Denver into the ground. By the way, Sean Payton had his choice of jobs. Don't tell me, well, he's at the Broncos, and they're a mess, and Russell Wilson sucks. Sean Payton was a coveted head coach coming out of the only place... It's like the laundromat for, for, for bumdom and coaching or anything else. You go on to TV... Everybody forgets your problems, and then you go and you get a job. Urban Meyer apparently was linked, he's denying it, to Michigan State. If that guy's reputation can be fixed, anybody's can. Sean Payton chose the Broncos. So, so just, just to be clear, not only is Sean Payton bad at coaching football teams now, he's also bad at just evaluating the 30 jobs that are in front of him and picking the right one. It's not my job to tell Sean Payton that Russell Wilson is not very good and he shouldn't coach him, although I did. I guess it is my job. He just doesn't listen. The show is called Writer Than You, and that certainly applies. Trust me. May not apply to you. Certainly applies to Sean Payton. Bill Belichick's just a mediocre head coach with a huge ego and no Tom Brady. And that's why he's a sub-500 coach since Brady left. And remember, the, 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 the mythology around 
Belichick, the Browns disrespected him, and he didn't get the chance, and he always played with revenge against it. No, man, maybe the guy just wasn't a very good coach and didn't have Tom Brady. I'm not sure what people are going to start their radio shows with this week. There's not a lot, quote-unquote, going on today. There's enough. We got stuff. I almost did this yesterday, but there was too much happening. This is the story, or one of the two or three stories of the NFL so far this year. You have to have a great quarterback to get the level you want. And I think Andy Reid's an interesting juxtaposition here. Because Andy Reid is a genius, but he couldn't win without an actual quarterback who is better than him at, at what he does for a living. Mahomes is a better QB than Andy Reid as a coach. And Andy Reid was a great coach. And I like Donovan McNabb, and we're actually friends, and so I feel bad when I say this, but it doesn't make it any, any less true. Donovan obviously had some issues with the pressure of the moments when he had Super Bowls in or near his grasp. Andy Reid still got Philadelphia in the mix year after year after year. And Andy Reid was some kind of joke compared to Bill Belichick because he didn't have Tom Brady. Now he does. Sean Payton got one Super Bowl with Drew Brees. One. And they lost a bunch of close games on some heartbreaking things. Crazy catch, crazy calls, lack of a call, whatever. You got Drew Brees. Make the game less less close. Be the head coach who actually is able to work outside the margins of that kind of awful chance. Sean Payton and Bill Belichick no longer have the first and fourth, maybe, best quarterback in the history of the game. And that's why they're losing, and that's why their teams are a mess, and that's why there's mediocrity, and that's why Sean Payton's taking shots at people, and Bill Belichick is a mean machine that just rubs his face like there's something inside it. I kind of feel bad for Bill. He's a nice guy. These guys aren't as good as we thought they were because in the modern NFL, in this century, in the last 23 years, it's become increasingly more true every single year, but it was true in 2000. 2001, we just maybe didn't know it. The quarterback you have is everything. It's more like the NBA than it used to be. And if you don't have that superstar, you're not going to win. And if you do, if you have a historically great superstar, you are going to get so much of their shine you don't deserve. Sean Payton ain't that good, and that's the truth. Man, it pains me to say this, and neither is Bill Belichick. The guy's just a guy. That Tom Brady glow, that Drew Brees glow, that's what made those guys Air quote geniuses, air quote over. Let's get over to Tommy's wardrobe. What is he doing? Eight five five two one two four cbs is the phone number. Oh, look, I'll ask you. By all means, disagree. We can do it nicely. We can be respectful. We can have fun. I mean, Pretty Daddy tells me I'm wrong basically in every single break. I can say the sunshine. I can say the sun, the sun is yellow. I'll be like, not really, man. It's kind of an off orange. So you can do it too. Eight five five two one two four cbs Am I wrong on... The hoodie. Am I wrong on Sean Payton? Do you think there's some residual genius that these guys have that I'm missing in their combined awfulness this year? 855-2124-CBS. Aaron Rodgers goes full hypocrite. And Pretty Daddy wore a suit today so we could go back in the Wayback Machine, and speaking of Tom Brady, and read you some really weird, sappy stuff that I guess was about sports. That is next here on CBS Sports Radio. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. He's Bill Ryder, and he's always right. Let's get it going. It's Ryder Than You on CBS Sports Radio. All right, welcome back into the show. Let's get into Pretty Daddy, the people's champion. I got another note last night about how great you are, although this one I actually read all the way through to make sure there wasn't a little dig in there. And I show up today, and you're in a full-on suit. What? what what's going on? Are you getting married again? Are you getting a, you and your wife redoing your vows down in Manhattan after the show? No, no. This is only year four. You don't renew vows year four. Nor year I mean, 15. listen, I'm not, I didn't want to have to say it, but you forgot my birthday yesterday. You said we were going to celebrate today, so I came in a suit to celebrate my birthday. Happy, happy birthday. All right, here's John C. To, to lean into that. On the old. Uh, he wins. Elon wins. On the old X. I know it's late, pretty daddy. CBS was late last night. But I am sure you had a great birthday celebration from a guy that plays down at BDA. I don't know what it means. Sure. Your wife and son made it special. I know what that means. You and sports writer make a great listen every morning. He is lucky to have you and your candor. Thumbs up for Tommy. This is what I'm dealing with all the time. I'm just, it's, it's 1030 at night. My brother has humiliated me in FIFA online for a second time. And I'm like a child, I may have just quit in the fourth quarter of one of the games. Right? I'm like, I'm going to drink the rest of that wine, even though I shouldn't, and watch some sports highlights. I'm on my phone, and then I got, like, Tommy, Tommy, pretty daddy, so great. By the way, have you beat your son yet in FIFA? Once. Once out of how many times? I'm getting worse at it. I'm digressing. (laughs) I don't understand what in the hell is happening on this stupid game. And I hate it. It, it. It's like a bad relationship. It's like a really hot ex-girlfriend that you di- you're like, why did I date her so long? She was terrible, and then you remember why? Because there were things that weren't terrible, but she was mostly the worst, right? That's FIFA. It makes me feel bad about myself. It makes me unhappy. It makes me miserable. I'm not going to do it anymore. And then a little time goes by. I'm like, oh, I want some of that FIFA. It's called something else now. It's called, it's called FC Live. I was going to play Stu. We're online friends. Stuart Kovacs, associate producer of the shows, the two shows after this. Jim Roman. Well, now... Maggie Perloff in the mornings was was Maggie and Perloff to TBD in the afternoons, or Zach's doing it. But whatever's going on, I don't know. Um, point is, Stu apparently just beats people twenty-one to nothing, so I refuse to play him. <laughs> I enjoyed the way you said you were online friends with Stu. Online friends, not real life friends, just online. I'm also real life. <laughs> All right, so back in the day, those of you that maybe didn't hear this, when Tom started producing me two years ago, Tom, am I exaggerating when I say three times a week? You would send me some whatever. The MLB playoffs would begin, and you would say, wow, the Twins won a baseball game for the first time forever. This is just like in high school when somebody's heart maybe got broken, maybe over. Very specific rom-commy Tommy stuff, right? Listen, I had a lot of emotions that I had to work through. I had to let it out. This was my outlet. Yes, I had a lot I wanted to say. Not so much about sports, but about my own emotions and what I was dealing with. But I'm not making this up. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. And this was your idea yesterday, not mine. This was your birthday idea for yourself. 
Yeah, really regretting that, but yes, it was my own idea. So here's what we got here. Ah, uh, Tommy, we have a segment we have done forever called Rom-Com Tom because the minute I made the segment to read out loud the crazy stuff you would send me, the minute we did that, <laughs> you stopped basically do- sending them. Is that a fair – is that fair? Uh, that is 100% accurate because it felt like you were making fun of me and we were no longer working through all of my emotions. You were no longer my therapist in this scenario. All right, so we're going to – who's going to read this after, when we go into the segment, Rom-Com Tom? My, the sappy thing you sent me from two years ago. Is this from two years ago? Or two full years ago, October oh. 2021. Um, I can read it if you like. If you want to go for it, just dive right in. Let's get into Rom-Com Tom and see just who the romance bug hits the most. I got to get back to my seat. Could you just move your leg, please? I got to go. Uh-oh. Somebody found a souvenir. You feel that steam heat killing? That's from my undercarriage. Okay. I'll have what she's having. Just shut up. You had me at hello. It's time for another edition of Rom-Com Tom. Can I try it? Go for it. This is a real email Tom sent me about what we should talk about on the radio show. You ready? No. What can you even say anymore at this point? 44-year-old Tom Brady is just as good as prime Tom Brady. Whatever the hell that was. Tom Brady is the attractive girl from high school that went on to an Ivy League school that you couldn't wait to see at the high school reunion 25 years later. Because you felt like she was going to be divorced, 40 pounds overweight, have a dead-end job, and on the fast track to nowhere. Come to find out, 25 years after high school, she's doing better than ever. Married to a model, a millionaire, has the perfect family. Even when things don't go right, somehow she's still recovered and got life back on track. We're all rooting against Tom Brady. Just like the popular girl from high school. But every time we're let down because all they do is win at life. Let me start here. Are you okay, man? Do you, do you want to talk about this girl? <laughs> Was that too specific? Did I give too many details? Maybe you got a tattoo that said Jessica forever, even though you hadn't spoken. I mean, that one's not in there. Oh, my goodness. Who, did he win the game? I don't even understand what happened. I would love to go King Context yeah. on you. You know I love that, as I do every single day in Buy or Sell. I did not put it. I don't know if Tom Brady played well. <laughs> I don't know who the Bucks played, if they won, what the score was. <laughs> These emails I used to send you. Uh, bravo to you for keeping this show on the air, man. <laughs> no, like, look, dude. Like, I, I actually am mad at myself. That's I, the opposite, because I like to bust. You don't probably know this about me. I like to bust chops a little bit. No. And the more that I like someone, the more that I bust their chops, which means I've really grown fond of you, pretty daddy. <laughs> and this was a daily basis, by the way. I know, but I sh- I like kept bringing it up, and you just you just you stopped doing it. And I realize now, in reading this, you weren't producing the show clearly, as you noted. You were going through much needed therapy. I was trying to produce my life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, our phone call. I thought you had a cold, but those were tears when we used to talk about these things. All yeah, right. When our morning phone call used to start with, Are you okay, man? What was her first name? Do, do we really want to go there? Just first name. Do we really? Jill. <laughs> oh, that's a hateable name, too. Unless you're a Jill. And I have three friends who are Jill, so I, it's a great name. All right, that's rom. That's rom com town. Anything else you want to add? To this? No, I think I'm good. I think I'm, I'm in a much better place right now. There was a time a couple years ago where I could go back 
three days and find these. <laughs> Let's do it again in November. We'll just do a little yeah. time warp. There's plenty to go through. All right. Speaking of um, some unnecessary drama on the uh, Pat McAfee show. Safe space, right? Safe space for, for Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's the trust tree. Let me just give the Can I King context this. Uh, Aaron Rodgers injured quarterback for the Jets, as you know. Jets play the Chiefs. Taylor Swift, which I think is actually significant, will bring up, shows up to celebrate her man. We think her man, right? Her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, star tight end of the Chiefs. The Chiefs are juggernaut, defending champions, blah, 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 blah. Game is in New York. Jets put up a pretty good fight, but don't win the game. And here's the thing you need to know. Travis Kelsey, everybody's doing, not everybody, but the folks who are really successful in sports have side hustles, are spokespeople, and the side hustle, one of them for Travis Kelsey, is for Pfizer, who's got, what, some new campaign that you can get your COVID booster and your flu vaccine simultaneously. And that, and as we know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't really love vaccines, Real medicine, telling the truth about it, whatever. Here is Aaron Rodgers taking an unnecessary shot at Travis Kelsey. I think there's some sentiment that there's some sort of moral victory out there that we hung with the you know with the champs and and that uh, you know our defense played well and and you know uh, Pat didn't have a crazy game and uh, you know Mr. Pfizer we kind of shut him down a little bit. He didn't have you know his like crazy impact game. Obviously he had you know some yards and stuff, but. I felt like for the most part, you know, we played really tough on defense, especially the last three quarters, and um, that was important for us. I just, I just find these guys so unlikable. I'm, the whole crew, by the way, whatever, the most popular show in the country, it's fine. I find it completely unlikable. Him unlikable. Here's why, though. First of all, do whatever you want with your body. Like, if you don't want to get boosted, you don't want to get a vaccine, that's fine. What's the problem with somebody else getting one? What's the issue? Why, why, what's Travis Kelsey doing wrong with one? Two, the sheer hypocrisy. Aaron Rodgers plays for the Jets. The Jets are literally owned by the heir of the Johnson & Johnson family. Johnson & Johnson family is the American company for pharmaceuticals, among other things. And they had, remember, Tom, they had when COVID first came out, they also had, there was the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, there was the Moderna vaccine, and there was the Pfizer vaccine. I mean, if, if Travis Kelsey is Mr. Pfizer... Then Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, Johnson and John, Aaron Johnson and Johnson and Johnson and Johnson Rodgers. Give me a break. The check that he takes is literally largely from these same sorts of things. That's where the money comes from. But can I give you a third thing I didn't see out there that I a hundred percent believe? I don't want to get into whether or not you know Tay Tay and, and Kelsey really love each other, or Travis Kelsey has become a phenomenon in the last week and his podcast has gone up and. Tay-Tay's trying to sell movie tickets and it's fake. I'm not going to get into that. Let their love be their love or their fakeness be their fakeness. I think Aaron Rodgers is obsessed with attention. I think that's why he was so good and fooled me into being likable on Hard Knocks. He loves the camera. He's funny. He's charming. I think he's like Frank Sinatra in that you can be – he's a great guy as long as you understand that it's he's in charge of the Rat Pack. And I, I think he is insanely jealous of the attention some tight end is getting. And he's, remember, Aaron Rodgers ain't married, and he's kicking himself and thinking, why didn't I date Tay-Tay? Because she doesn't want you, pal. That's why. You ruled your eyes with this theory. But I think there's I think there's some jealousy here, man. He's not getting attention on the field. He's not getting attention off the field. I mean, nobody is hanging on every word that Rodgers says weekly anymore. If he says something outrageous, sure. 
But, I mean, if he was playing right now, we'd be hanging on every single word True. he said. And we're not doing that because he's not playing and the Jets stink. This guy has Tay-Tay envy, okay? He has Swifty envy. All right, let me put it this way. Clearly, any top 10 quarterback in the NFL is a bigger deal, is a much bigger deal than a tight end, even a great one. Patrick Mahomes is a much bigger deal than any other quarterback in the NFL, including Aaron Rodgers. Would you not agree that in terms of star power, fame, attention, spotlight, size and intensity, Tay-Tay destroys Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely destroys. I mean, Aaron Rodgers isn't even in the same league as Taylor Swift because nobody in the NFL is. And you got this tight end who's amazing and funny and cool, by the way, and having been around Travis Kelsey and not just that awkward experience in the bathroom where it was me and, his, and, and, and the Kelsey brothers in the Super Bowl. You know? They did spread all the way out, though. I, mean, I got to respect. Your brothers. You don't want to go back-to-back stalls? Or just, like, back-to-back, your, you know? Didn't you also have another encounter with a former president in a bathroom? Yeah, yeah well, that's why I didn't go up there and start talking to them like I did Bill Clinton. What's up, bro? Man. Well, I was trying to interview Bill Clinton while he was, I don't know. Strange encounters in bathrooms, You huh? have rom-com Tom. I have What's Wrong with Ryder. I mean, that's the segment. <laughs> I had a moment yesterday with my neighbor. I'm not even going to talk about it. Not even going to talk about it. Aaron Rodgers is the worst, man. I hope he doesn't come back now. Just but th- that's why I wouldn't fall for it during Hard Knocks. This was a to- he, yeah, you're he right. portrayed a totally different guy. Totally different. In the words of Rom-Com Tom, this is why you complete me and I complete you. You protect me from falling for the okie-dokie there in Rodgers, and I'm trying to protect you from falling for the love okie-dokie that's not real between Tay, Tay, and Kelsey. It's not me being mean. It's me looking out. I'm giving love a chance. Look, give, give real love a chance. Call your wife and tell her she's great in that suit. <laughs> you wore a birthday suit, like an actual suit for your birthday, not a birthday suit in the expression of, you know, how you were born. Yeah, I tied my tie and everything. It takes it Are takes you, me like thirty minutes to tie tie. Because I'm in LA and you're in, you're in New York, we got a little Skype Skype friendship going here. I can only kind of see shoulder, eh, like, like 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 chest up. You wearing a suit pants too? Oh yeah, fancy socks, fancy shoes. What, what color are the socks? Socks are there uh, Argyle, almost messed that Argyle. up. Argyle. Yeah, white and blue. And is there like a blue tie going on? Yeah, blue tie, little design, brown shoes. You look kind of good, man. I hate wearing suits. I despise wearing suits. I am wearing a Barcelona jersey. Do you know why? Soccer! Soccer, but do you know why? Uh, No. Don't worry about it. We'll get into it later in the show. Lots and lots of time. Um... Man, all kinds of people saying dumb. Oh, you got something else? No, hit me. Hit me. No, I was going to just ask because I only learned within this calendar year how to tie a tie. Can okay. you and when did you learn how to tie a tie? So here's my embarrassing story about this. I went to work at the Washington Times when I was a sophomore in college as a newspaper intern. Uh, did not know the Washington Times was a unique newspaper in its worldview. And uh, didn't know how to tie a tie, so I learned. I taught myself. I also didn't know how to, this is so embarrassing, I didn't know how to match my own clothes, so I had my mom and dad make me a chart. I had like seven ties, six shirts, three pants, two shoes, and they had like a, they basically put them on a grid, and they would check where they crossed over together. And I would go to the grid every morning. And the joke is, but it's not a joke, it's not untrue today. I don't know, or care. I once, when I was, um, when I was a young, young newspaper reporter, at the Des Moines Register, 
it turned out there were a lot, and this is a serious thing, but there's a joke in it too. There were a lot of homeless kids, a lot of homeless teenagers in that town. And I live, I spent four months like reporting with homeless teenagers and like living in the woods and being around these young people. And and the story came out. It was I was really proud of it. And friends of mine said, "You were built for this." I'm like, "Thanks, man." They're like, "No, no, you just dress like you're homeless anyway." <laughs> I used to dress in my actual – I actually came into the office once in my actual clothes. This is true. And an editor – I was new – came over and said, hey, man, I'm really, like, impressed with how you're, like, working and get reporting. And, like, thanks. Like, and, like, what you're wearing. Like, you get into the role and you're just blending in. I didn't have the heart to be like, this is what I wear. <laughs> you're That's so, a true you're story. You're so committed. <laughs> so it took – so I learned to tie a tie in the summer of 1998. And I also learned how to look at a grid and be like – but looking back, I don't know if my parents' taste was great. Because there was, like, a – there was, like, a – some green pants I had. I don't know if it matched what. And I sat next to a, hi, Heidi, super hot other intern every day. And we were friends, but in retrospect, she must have been like, who is this dude from Iowa that goes to Missouri? Wow. I didn't expect to get that story. I had never seen the ocean at that point. I'm an Iowa kid, man. Look at this. Look at where we look at where we go. So you we go back in time on this show and we have you writing about, you know, Jill not putting on weight and breaking your heart at the reunion. We could just go through mine, just a bunch of either weird stories or me yelling at somebody. Yeah, I don't know if I want to do this exercise once a month because going back in those old emails, oh my goodness. So Why did you hire me for this show in no, this position? No, sh- this is not my idea to even do this segment. You're the you're, yeah, dude. It's your I, birthday week. I didn't think it would go this poorly for me. As I'm out there in the news or reading my emails from two years ago, being like, "I sent this. Another human read this." What? No what, comment, man. You're the best. What's going on in my life? You're the best. Yeah. Wow. This is both these stories. Your birthday. Your. Time travel and, 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 and the tie question went to just very weird places about, about us not being winners <laughs> at certain points in our lives. It's who we are, man. We're winners now because we're together. You complete Tom. Tom completes you. You're the people's champion, Pretty Daddy, at Pretty Daddy CBS. Uh, all right, so we both said some weird stuff here. Sean Payton just keeps saying stuff he shouldn't say. We got Aaron Rodgers saying stuff he shouldn't say. Jill shouldn't say anything because she broke Tommy's heart. And I think maybe Jerry Jones should just keep his uh, NFC Super Bowl champion predictions to himself, but he didn't because he's Jerry. So we'll get into what he said about the Niners after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogish. When he's right, he's right. Can I get, like, Socrates level? I can't control you even if I tried. So you know what? Just lean into it. This is basically a little over everybody's head. But to quote that, epic intellectual film dodgeball do you believe in improbabilities what a what's wrong man i went dodgeball you're listening to writer than you with bill Ryder. i got a lot of i got a, i got a lot of things to hit with you real quick before we get to jerry jones first of all my wife has a question about about the world she's noticed she's she's a librarian at an elementary school and she's noticed you're gonna love this Every kid comes in and asks about, not every kid, but many of the, the kids, many of the boys about sports. All the sports. But they all wear soccer jerseys. They're obsessed with soccer jerseys. When she wears her soccer jerseys, they're super into it. She wants to know, and she wants me to ask you, is that just a Manhattan Beach, California slash L.A. thing? Is soccer really becoming popular? And I didn't have a good answer because we don't talk soccer on this show. It is not a West Coast thing. It is not a Manhattan Beach thing. It is everywhere. Do you think that will translate in 20 years to what your kid, my kid, are watching when they're adults? It's going to be the first sport my kid plays. Yeah, it's the first sport I played, though. 
to be fair, a long time ago. Yeah, it was probably, I don't know if it was the very first one, but I did, I did fall off a cliff with soccer very quickly. All right, question number two. Uh, my kid, Henry, asked me whether or not I'm good. we're going to this Chargers game with Ephraim Salam and his, his two boys, former offensive lineman, friend of the show, E. Have you gotten tickets? I'm sorry, Henry. I've efforted, and by efforted, I mean I haven't done absolutely anything to try and get these tickets. Got it. So if you are counting on me, Henry Ryder, I am very, very sorry. So what is the time I want to go? Am I wrong, or did Ephraim not once say on this show, bro, I got the hookup, I'll take you? You know, I wasn't going to say anything because it's not my place. Didn't he say that on the air once? Yeah, he did. But if he asked, I didn't say anything. Do you think he's messing with us? I'm gonna. I'm, I need to follow up and just no, be like, he "Hey, bro." Definitely has a hookup. He's gotta have a hookup. He, of course, he does. Be awkward if he only has a hookup for for three, right? He's like, "Well, the hookup's <laughs> used, and I am hooked up." All right. Last question comes from from Curtis on Twitter at King Curtis six twenty. It's actually a it's a it's a salutation and a question. Are you ready for it? Sit down, please. You're in your tie. Loosen that tie if it's cutting off circulation in your face. I almost says it me. At Pretty Danny CBS. Happy birthday. Sports writer, is Tom all right psychologically? That email is slightly depressing. I'm all right now. This was before I was Pretty Daddy. This is in the way back machine. This is True. two years ago. True. Uh, I was not all right then. You're a different guy. You embraced Pretty Daddy as your moniker. You changed it. I only brought it up one time on the air, I think. Yeah, Pretty Daddy, all about the positivity, leaning into optimism. D-Cell two years ago, none of that. Wearing a damn suit today? Like some kind of banker? Whole new me. Are people coming up to you asking if they can just, can they give you money and get a good interest rate? You know, I really haven't gotten that many compliments. Maybe it's not a very nice suit. You should wear a suit every day for a week and see whether more people speak to you or not. I bet I bet less people talk to you. I, I think bet people, they're intimidated. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. They look good, dude. All right. Um... Here's another question. If you are a competitive person, why would you ever, ever credit someone else? Here's a little thing. A guy, a guy kind of like looked at me weird, but I was talking to a guy the other day about tennis. This is a dumb tennis story. This tennis league we're in, and he goes, man, like, this guy is a head case, and I always think I'm going to lose. And he's like, you do a good job winning close matches. And I'm like, oh, I always think I'm going to win. He's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I always, I think I'm going to beat everybody. He's like, do you think I'm gonna, you're going to beat me today? I'm like, I'm going to beat you today. That just seems like normal <laughs> competitive behavior, right? Yes, I don't know if you have to say it that outwardly, but yes. I'm not going to be, I'm not, well, I think you do, a little psychological warfare. I'm not, yeah, no, I think I'm, I'm better than you, uh, Dylan. Do you want to play? You ready? You want to serve? I'm not going to be like, man, he's so good. I think he could be the champion. We'll see what happens. I hate this from Jerry Jones. Like, give people their flowers if it's their birthday, like Pretty Daddy, or if they've actually won something. But when you've got a really good Sunday night football game, Cowboys-Niners, the kind of game that can make people like me who think the Cowboys are basically a farce, think they're a mediocre team disguised as an excellent team because of Dak Prescott, don't, Jerry Jones, owner of one of those teams, the Cowboys, say this. They are right now uh, probably the uh, most likely team to uh, go in the Super Bowl. And, uh, but in order for them to get there, they've got to go by us, uh, hopefully two times, uh, if that's the way it falls in the playoffs. And we're in the playoffs, of course. But the bottom line is that uh, uh, you, you're playing the best. Uh, this is a, uh, a certainly uh, you don't need the game to tell you that you're playing the best, but you need the game to uh, show you uh, 
uh, how you stack up against the best. They're the best. We're playing the best. They're the best. Now, I understand that, A, the Niners have knocked the Cowboys out of the playoffs the last couple playoff appearances, and that those are the Cowboys' only playoff appearances in 131 years, or what it feels like sometimes. Dude, the answer is, and I like Jerry's candor. I guess I shouldn't probably criticize. Like, I like it as a journalist, but I don't like it as if I'm, if I'm a Cowboy. What you say is, hey, they're a really good football team. We're a really good football team. We each aspire to be in the Super Bowl. They came close last year. We know it's going to be a huge challenge, but I love our squad. I love our football team. This is the thing. You can't say this with a straight face. I, I love it. <laughs> Dak, he sucks. No, he sucks. I'm just kidding. He's going to fold like a <laughs> He's going to fold like a cheap suit, but you have a good suit on. That's the other thing. Is, is I can't see the suit, but the shirt looks good. Tailor made? Is that tailor made? No, come on. I get, how much does that shirt cost you at the store? I have no idea. Guess. I don't know either. I have no idea. I don't know. 50 bucks? Yeah, you can get a tailor-made shirt for $70, and it's comfortable. But you, don't really ha- you don't look like me in the sense you don't really have a dad body yet. But when you get one, it does a pretty good job hiding it. Have you ever noticed some like larger dudes or some dudes who have the athletic framework of a me these days who wear who like look really good in their suits? And you're like, man, it's the suit. It's not the man. You should get the—you should get— for your birthday next year, I'm going to get you a link where you can buy your own tailor-made suit. Oh, you had me there. Yeah. You got me on that one. Am I wrong on Jerry? I just, look, it's not a huge thing. I just, to me, it, it, it just reinforces a culture that the Cowboys know deep down they're actually not winners. And they sell this idea and this lie they are. It's a marketing strategy. It's a brand strategy. It's the, it's the, the silliness of people like you, my, my good friend, Pretty Daddy, who call them America's team. No, they're man. They're they're just they're they're, they're they, they pose as America's team. They pose as this force. They get talked about all the talking head shows because it drives clicks and people are interested. They don't win. They haven't won. It's been a generation. They know what they are. They know who they are. They're mediocre at their core. And this is what somebody who's mediocre and basic says out loud. Oh man, they're really good. They got to go through us twice, but they're the best. They're really good. No, don't say it. I am absolutely stunned that this is the avenue that Jerry went with this because there is a way where you can spin zone this thing to say the Cowboys are on the same level as the 49ers. I mean, Bill, right now Dallas is second in the entire NFL in point differential, plus 83. They're fourth in points per game. They're first in points allowed. Like, I could spin it to you where the Cowboys are on the same level as the 49ers in the NFC. Do I think that's true? No, I don't. But I could tell you that. I could give you those lies and phrase it that way. I'm shocked by what Jerry said. It could be true. I don't think it's true. doesn't mean I'm right. I usually am. But maybe I'm wrong on this one. If anyone's going to believe the Cowboys are the better team, it should be Jerry Jones. Jerry should be saying things like, look, we know what they were last year. We know what they are this year. We've seen their record. We know they're good. We think we're an elite team. This is a great opportunity to go out and prove exactly who we know we are. That is another way to take this. Hire me. I'll be your PR guy. No, I won't. I'd be bad at that. I would say all what I think all the time. But that's what your PR guy should be suggesting. It sounds like someone who's seen this year in and year out. They've lost to the 49ers, as you said, the last two seasons in the playoffs. And it sounds like someone who knows they didn't get better in the offseason. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they're it. And you, the stats you, you threw out are really, you're, it's a great point. They're excellent offensively. We know what they're capable of on, on, on defense, and, and not just because they held the Giants to that goose egg. If Dak can be, you know, the ceiling of Dak, I don't think he can be, not for two or three playoff games in a row. I'm not sure he can do it for one. They can be outstanding. I don't buy it. 
But this is a game that maybe shows that they've they've taken a step in that direction, and people like me are behind on the times of who the Cowboys are. Not, the Niners are so good, I'm scared. That is the subtext. I'm not scared to tell you Dennis Dodd's coming up. The Dodd Father, CBS Sports College Football Guru, next here on CBS Sports Radio. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. You expected someone else? So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.